people feel unsafe. Portland Coffee Shop closes downtown location. Coming right out and we're just saying it now. Hey, Portland's not safe. Just got through recording Whole Foods that had just opened up a year ago in downtown San Francisco. Came right out and said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but the Tenderloin area in San Francisco isn't exactly safe. Therefore, we're going to close down this brand new Whole Foods until it is safe. How long is it going to be until small business in Portland is going to be able to operate again? Because not only have, you know, they've gone through the whole pandemic, all the businesses have left because the whole remote work from home. Now you've got these other factors in these cities, typically run by Democrats, where you've got crime, you've got drug addiction, you've got homelessness, all these other layering facts where small business like a Portland coffee shop just gets to a point where, you know, a particular location that is brutal and they say, yep, we're done. Can't do it. Let's get into it. Let's see. Let's see what we got going on in Portland. Some shenanigans. Here we go. Grova Coffee is the latest business to close near Southwest 12th Avenue and Jefferson Street, citing increased violence and crime. Another downtown Portland business is calling it quits. How many of these are we going to have? A lot, right? We're going to have a lot. This is going to continue happening. So you've got the retail apocalypse, and then you've also got business as usual in some of these cities that has become not so usual just through the amount of violence and extreme behavior you're seeing where they just don't feel comfortable Having ownership there, having their employees there, having management there, having customers there. Therefore, you got no business. There is no business to be had if people aren't safe, right? Because corporate never says, ah, it's okay. You get a couple of people killed. It'll be fine. I mean, we could do a spin on that. It'll all be good. Doesn't work that way in business, does it? No, especially on an individual location basis. Kova Coffee. Am I pronouncing that right? For those of you in Portland, let me know. Kova. Kova Coffee in the corner of Southwest 12th Avenue and Jefferson Street announced Monday that its last day in that location would be Thursday. The business cited extreme violence and criminal activity. Extreme violence. We're not just talking normal violence, right? And this is literally what the business is saying. So they're saying, hey, we would love to continue here because we got two other stores. You know, the more the merrier. But if we can't, you know, if we can't, we can't give you your coffee safely, what are we even talking about? So we got extreme violence and criminal activity that has gotten increasingly worse. Cova's remaining two locations in Southeast Hawthorne and Southeast Grand will remain open for how long that is to be determined, right? All of us at the cafe Cafe feel a little distraught, said Barista Chance McLeod. Now, if you want to look at this article and you can watch a three and a half minute video where Chance McLeod tells you his, you know, reasons for, I won't subject you to that. But if you felt like you really wanted to see that, you can go to our Discord channel. It's reasonable plus. It's free. I've got the, this article posted there. In fact, any of the articles that I read, you can see on our discord channel. And you can also post a bunch of rock stuff there and 
some other funny, crazy stuff. There's been some wild stuff going on lately. You're starting to see more and more Instagram accounts that are documenting the absolute lunacy that we've got going on in these cities where, you know, you decriminalized everything and including drugs. And then you basically just provided an environment where people can do drugs all day long, live on the sidewalk in their tent, you know, and just this, this, this nonstop narrative that is, Oh, we need more housing. Nah, nah, you need to get the root cause of this. You need to get some people off of the fentanyl before they get killed. And you need to get some folks that have mental issues. You need to get them some help because oftentimes they're on the drugs as well. Right. So you got a lot of people running around that shouldn't be. And as a result, you know, oftentimes they don't make good decisions. Like, you know, just you've got crazy story after crazy story after crazy story. I try and cover as many of those as I can here. The other place you can check out is our reasonabletv.com. That's where I kind of carry the ultimate stories that have one or two factors in there that the, you know, the rest of the channels, they will censor or they'll just say, Hey, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that because there's, you know, there's something in those storylines that is so violent inherently, or, you know, you've got drugs or you've got something where I got to talk about it a bunch. That's now on our reasonabletv.com, our private channel. It's 10 bucks a month. We're releasing a couple of videos there. And um, yeah, so love to have you check that out. But if you don't want to, you can always check out uh, Reasonable Plus. That's our uh, that's our Discord channel. There's some cool stuff. We got like over 100 members there. It's, you know, it's if you just need more time to waste, you got time to waste, hey. But don't forget to subscribe to this channel, okay? Thanks in advance. We had a window that was shattered during business hours, and we also had a chair thrown last Wednesday at this window, McLeod said. People feel unsafe, and it's very traumatizing. Well, when you've got nut jobs walking around your city, that's that's what you're going to experience. People on drugs, people having psychotic episodes, but you have voted this stuff in, so you're going to have to deal with it. And then, and actually the cops are the ones that have to deal with it. The firemen, firewomen are the ones that have to deal with it. And they are not the ones that said defund the police is the greatest concept ever, but they're left holding the bag of public safety, right? So you've got jokers like this guy going, ah, people feel unsafe and it's very traumatizing. Well, yeah, but I bet you were on board with that whole defund the police thing. I bet you, you were Mr. McLeod. Mrs. McLeod, I'm not really sure. I don't want to, you know, pronouns these days. You got to shotgun the approach because, you know, you hope you get it right. But McLeod said that he and other employees wanted to work at Colva to make good coffee in a safe and an inviting space for people to enjoy. But the issue is you're doing it in downtown Portland. Mm, and that's had its issues. Not all of it, but enough of it. Where this coffee shop is saying, mm -mm, not this location. You got some real jokesters around this area. And I believe, I think this is about a half a mile away, maybe eight blocks away from the new Fentanyl Alley. I'm guessing if my map in my mind, which 
has been a little bit sketchy lately just because it got, got a lot going on. But I believe this is very close to a, a, an extremely bad area. That's the bottom line, right? That's the bottom line. For his part, he never thought that would include hazard pay and de-escalation training. Yeah, this kid does go on to talk about de-escalation training. Um, two possible solutions managers use to help keep employees safe. All right. Today, we're going to bring in Mr. SWAT team sergeant, whatever, probably just butchered that, right? And he's going to show us how to de-escalate that wacky nut job on drugs that comes in with the sword and the bag of, you know, math that he's going to, you know, snort, whatever, shoot, whatever, maybe do a little fentanyl action. We don't really know, but he's going to teach us how to de-escalate that while you guys are Pouring that coffee, right? Pouring that coffee. I guess it's more of put a cup in one of those espresso machines and it does the thing and, you know, and then you take the cup and you put it over here and you get the whipped cream on top and then you put a little heart on top and then you ask the person out the window, do you need a, do you need a sleeve for this? Cause damn, that's hot coffee, right? That's how that goes. That's my experience with coffee going through the drive through at Starbucks. I don't drink coffee. I've never had a cup. Just not for me. That's not my thing. So de-escalation. Hey, hey, I, I, I know you're a barista, and, but got to be honest. I don't know if you have seen some of the people we have come into this store, but I need you to, I need you to be fierce and be able to de-escalate this situation. You need to be able to stand strong. You know, said no barista ever. Yeah, I'd like to get some de-escalation techniques. I mean, I need to be able to take people on because you know, if I can't safely give other customers their coffee when the nut job on drugs walks in, then what are we even doing? I would say, you're paying me how much? And I got to do de-escalation training? Mm, yeah, or hazard pay? You can pay me hazard pay because this job is so dangerous. So what you're saying is I could get killed on the job. And that's literally what ownership and management said. And then they said, no more. We're done. We're closing this bad boy because the liability got too much, right? Even in Portland, the liability got too much. Even in San Francisco, in the tenderloin, where liability is everywhere. And in San Francisco, it's everywhere as well because people are, you know, they're trying to get their drug money. They got a score to get their next couple of pills, which are now just a couple of bucks a uh, pop. And so that's, you know, that's why you've got this just crazy, crazy, endless cycle going on and nobody seems to uh to want to try and fix it because if you did you'd have to do some stuff and nobody wants to do that so things escalate mcleod said we only have so much escalation training as baristas that's because you're not a security guard you're not a member of the national guard you're not a police officer you're not supposed to have de-escalation training that's not supposed to be part of your job description and yet it is, right? Kova's exit comes just months after the departure of an Amazon hub locker that occupied the space next door. Both opened in 2017, along with the Karam restaurant and bar. Karam is now the last remaining business tenant in the building. So you are starting to see some of that whole building look where everything is all just kind of boarded up and there ain't nobody home, right? You're starting to see some of that. Or in Portland, in San Francisco, yep, you're seeing it. In downtown Seattle, we saw it for a while, but I feel like in downtown Seattle, that is starting to come back ever so slowly. And you know what? You have got 
you've got locations across the United States, depending on how individual cities handled the pandemic. Now, take a look at Florida. Yeah, they barely, you know, the pan, COVID was just a tiny little speed bump. They just basically business as usual, business as usual, bump, business as usual. You know, they just didn't freak out about it. And they didn't, you know, not everybody's working from home because they didn't have to. Businesses was open. So you've got areas of the country where you do not have this nonsense going on. And then you don't have political leadership making decisions like they have in all these cities that I talk about so often. But you know what? You know, selfishly, I've got some amazing topics to cover, right? I mean, this stuff is all happening as we're watching the train wreck unfold in front of us. Last night, I was watching a news story. It was a, um, I think it was a short on Instagram. And, uh, it was a, a motorcycle, motorcyclist who was running from the cops and he was way out ahead of the cops. And they were like live streaming this. And you could see the announcer, the announcer's just giving, you know, kind of normal commentary. And it was the, it was the female announcer, the woman in the studio and she's watching it kind of, you know, describing as it goes. And this motorcyclist's he hits something and he just, his body goes screaming up in the air and, you know, and then they cut the feed, you know, he, he hit something doing probably 110. That's not going to end up well. So you've got just crazy stuff going on all the time. Here you go. This is the end result. Our mindset is not on leaving, said owner Karam Karam said the owner, uh, Karam Karam. We signed a very long lease for a reason because we're in it. To win it. Yeah, if you watch the video on this story, you'll hear Karam Karam tell that story. We're in it to win it. All right, what are you going to win? You know, you could open up that business somewhere else and maybe a store employee doesn't get assaulted or killed or, you know, your store doesn't get broken into. There are other options. So if you want to be in it to win it in downtown Portland, that's on you. But I would say, hmm. Yeah, maybe follow the lead of some of these other businesses that till things get kind of squared away, human life isn't worth profit. Just it's not. Life is short. You know, do you want to be that barista who didn't have the didn't have the training, the de-escalation training, and you freaked out and you got killed because you just worked the homeless dude up on crack or whatever he was on? Fentanyl, meth, trank, trank dope. Seeing more and more stories about that, right? You, If you've been following this channel for a long time, you would have heard from my channel very early on with the Trank situation going on. And now it's here on the West Coast, and now it's definitely on the East Coast as well. So expect to hear more about Trank, which is xylazine. That's, a, that's another fun drug. And you're hearing about it from the standpoint of the lesions and sores that people get. And if they're unattended from taking Trank, from taking xylazine. And if they don't get these things squared away at a hospital, and these folks don't want to go to a hospital because they're whacked out on drugs and they don't want to have any downtime. They're going to go into withdrawal if they're in the hospital for too long and they can't get their drugs. That's not going to be pretty. The sores on their legs that sometimes require amputation. Yes, amputation. If you watch Kensington Avenue in Philadelphia, you will see all kinds of crutches, wheelchairs, People walking around with bandages, it's because they've been to the hospital. 
a bunch of them have amputations. So that's why, because they're taking a drug that's rotting them from the inside out. So that's going to be a fun one to cover because that is definitely, it's already on the radar. Just going to be a matter of how much does that hit the media. The challenges with crime are impacting businesses across the city, as noted in a survey by Bricks Need Mortar, an advocacy group for small businesses. Out of 118 small business owners surveyed, 79% of them said their businesses had been broken into or vandalized in 2022. 79%, 8 out of 10. And I bet you, if everybody was honest, really honest, and filled out the survey, it's closer to nine and a half to probably closer to 10. Because why would some stores not get broken into? Now, massive security levels, maybe. 79, almost eight, eight out of 10 of the businesses have been broken into or vandalized just in 2022. That's up from 63% in 2021 survey. Many businesses said they'd been hit more than once. And all the stories that I read, Oftentimes they will state, yeah, we're just no longer, we're no longer really even calling in the criminal activity because, you know, we're going to have to clean up the broken window anyway. We know the drill. We know the police are understaffed. They can't get to it. Broken window, break in on a business is just any day that ends in a Y in a Portland or a San Fran, right? It's just, it's what's going on. So, it's just been such a shock, said Bricks uh, Need Mortar founder and CEO Sarah Schall. There's a lot of blame pointed at other entities, whether it's the city versus the county or the police versus the DA. Come on, guys, we got to cut this out. We need to get together and we need to just work to solve these problems. The problem is, is that the folks that we're talking about right here, they defunded the police. They decriminalized everything. They encouraged drugs all day long. And now you got these situations and you're going to have to reverse your way out of them. You're going to have to work your way out of them. You're going to have to arrest some people, throw some people in jail. You have to put some people in the psych ward and you're going to have to put some other people in treatment. And if they don't want to go in treatment, you're going to have to put them in jail, clean themselves up. Yeah, it might not be ideal because, you know, throwing folks in jail, you know, long term, I don't think that's great for folks, but at least it gets them off the streets, right? It gets them off the streets. So you're going to have to do something. But the folks that we're talking about here, those folks in Portland, Portland residents, residents of San Fran where the wall, the whole foods is going out, they brought this stuff in. Now you've got to deal with it. What are you going to do? You're just going to have to work your way through it, and it's going to be ugly for a while. Shall admit it could be for a long, long time, right? Because how long did it take Rudy Giuliani to really square away New York City? Those are some of those murky things for me that because I wasn't able to live that, I didn't live that, I didn't really know, I wasn't able to follow those news stories and you know watch TV and understand well, how long has this guy been working at cleaning up New York City? You know, one broken window at a time. Was it years? It had to have been a couple of years, right? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments. If you lived through that and if you followed that, I'd love to know. That's the the history that I missed that, um, um, you know, I grew up watching TV. My first memory of TV was the fall of Saigon, the Vietnam War, you know, our first televised war. 
seeing those helicopters like you know taking off and you're like what i remember watching that as a family and we're like what's going on here this isn't good pulling out of vietnam what in the what's going on america's given up on a war Ugh, that's not good yeah you just as a kid you're like what what happened Shao admitted that what's happening in Portland is not much different from what many other cities are experiencing, except Portland's descent may have started more from a more idyllic place. I believe that Portland just had much further to fall, Shao said. Well, yeah, but we've always had to keep Portland weird. So you've got this beautiful physical geography of Portland, but you've got kind of this underlayment of social acceptance of just kind of Weird, right? Alternative, quirky, fun. You know, all that stuff that the rest of us go, yeah, whatever, you can have it. That doesn't interest me. I'd rather have public safety. I'd rather have things be reasonable. I'd rather be able to walk around at night and not worry about somebody stabbing me. I'd rather be able to have, you know, friends, family work in a coffee shop and not have to worry about taking de-escalation technique training. That's kind of where I'm at, right? So, I believe that Portland just had much further to fall, Shaw said. In March, Bricks Need Mortar started a monthly meetup group. It meets every Thursday to help reconnect business owners. Those interested in attending a shop talk session can RSVP here. It's going to take so long for a Portland to turn around. It just is. Because, you know, if, if it was just a bunch of criminals running around, if it was just that, all right, you might be able to rest your way out of that. But it's so much deeper than that. It's the drugs. The drugs are what's driving so much of this. And and yet the city leadership wants to say, well, if we could just get some more housing together, we'd work our way out of it. And all you can think of is, yeah, good luck with that. In the meantime, you've got stores closing down. You've got stores closing down in downtown Portland. And a lot of that has to do with the downtown recovery in Portland is you know, almost the worst in the nation of big size cities. It's right there. It's, you know, step by step by step with San Francisco. Those are two of the worst recovering cities as far as their, the activity in the downtown cores. And a lot of that is because of this stuff, because it's so dangerous. You've got so much crime going on and small business can't stay in business because of security issues, let alone making a profit because there aren't enough people working in the big buildings in downtown to have foot traffic to to basically provide enough business to stay afloat in a little, you know, coffee shop like this one. Just no can do. And on top of it, too damn, you know, dangerous. Just, no, I didn't think I was going to have to do de-escalation. No, because you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing to learn de-escalation techniques, but... I'd rather not be in an environment where I've got to deal with that. If I have the option to go in somewhere else, just like you probably would, yeah, we're not, oh, I'd like to take that job because I'd like to go, you know, mano a mano with whacked out drug dealer, you know, whatever guy, drug addict guy who's, you know, got the knife or whatever. He's got the shank. Talking with a man in blue in uh, Portland, and this was a while ago, he's like, yeah, is doing a, uh, I think he was doing a little Narcan to some guy that OD'd. And, uh, and he'd done, a, I think he'd done five of those that day. And one of them, dude has a shank, a homemade shank. He's got a homemade shank 
and a chisel. He's got a homemade shank and a chisel in his butt crack, in his pants. Because you never know when you got to defend yourself. You know, you nod off from a little bit too much fentanyl. You wake up. You don't know where you are. Somebody's about ready to assault you. You just reach back into your pants, pull those pants out, grab that shank, grab that chisel. You're ready to go to town. You can two-fist it. I mean, that's literally what the man in blue came up with as he's trying to, you know, save this guy's life. That's what you're dealing with. So those are the kind of folks that, you know, our de-escalation guy here is running up against. And they're people that, you know, are just literally way out there. So people feel unsafe in Portland Mm -hmm. and a coffee shop closes down a location. Mm -hmm. You know, these folks voted this in. Now they're dealing with it. We're going to talk about it forever. Thanks for being here. We'll catch up on the next one. Before you go, love to have you subscribe, hit that notification bell, share this content with friends and family. We're going to be covering these stories because they need to be covered. This is the end result of this kind of craziness going on. And by that kind of craziness, I mean the policies that have been put forth. Here's your sign. Thanks for being here. We'll catch up soon. Bye for now.